911. What is your emergency? I just found a body. I don't know what to do. Government officials insist that this is an isolated incident. You are listening to Nightcap, a true crime podcast. If the mystery of murder intrigues you, or if you find crime quite a curiosity. Welcome home. Pour yourself a drink, sit back, and buckle up. It's gonna get dark. Be warned, this podcast does contain explicit content and graphic descriptions of real-life accounts and cases. Listener discretion is definitely advised. (gasps) Hi, guys. Welcome back. I'm Susie. Holy shit. It's been a minute and that is our bad, but we're back with a vengeance. And I'm Brittany. Life has been pretty crazy for all of us. Susie popped out a baby. (laughs) I've been waxing a lot of genitals and Gavin's still a DJ. I didn't pop out a baby. I had it very viciously cut out of me. I'm just saying. Susie had a baby ripped from her womb. Thank you. Yes. I did that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, yeah, getting off to a great start, guys. <laughs> Look, we're a little rusty. Like the knife they used to cut out the baby. <laughs> Who are you? Um, I'm Gavin. Typical. Yeah, I hope you guys are ready for this season. We're coming in hot. Tonight we're covering hazing horrors and we've got some new voices. Boys, introduce yourselves. Well, I guess that's my cue. My name's Hardy and uh, if you didn't catch it, I like to party. That's my rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> Little do you know, Hardy's been here the whole time, I but have, now he's on the mic. I, I've been in the background listening to all the shenanigans the whole time. And now he's live. And now I'm live. Welcome, Hardy. Thank you. Or what do they say at AA? Hi, Artie. <laughs> right. Hi, Hi Artie. Oh, podcaster. <laughs> He's just been behind the curtains. It's fine. Yeah. Speaking of behind the curtain, we have. Uh, this is Johnny coming in hot from Arizona. Just coming in for the uh, inaugural nightcap cherry pop. Appreciate you guys for having me. <laughs> Johnny is my brother. <laughs> And he's on and doing commentary tonight, so I hope you like him. If you don't, you have to fucking deal with it anyway. Like Sorry, I do. Your luck. It's fine. Sorry. We have to deal with him all the Sorry, time. Sorry, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, thank you. Sorry, thank you. I, I am also doing commentary tonight because I did not prepare a case. So, yeah, procrastination station over here, train pulling in. Choo-choo. Ooh, I got wow. a train, too, in my case. So. Hardy has a big boy job. It's fine. I do. He's doing a lot. <laughs> but Thank y'all, you know us, and we can't talk about true crime without some drinks. Mm. Or, I guess, oh, awkward. Never mind, Brittany. I guess, what are you drinking? I mean, it's still a drink. It's just. That's fair. Okay. So, I've been waiting six and a half years to have pumpkin beer again. Because it's not that good, but I still really like having it in the fall. And so, Wellbeing finally put out a non-alcoholic pumpkin ale. So, I bought a lot of it, and I'm going to need to drink it. Is Wellbeing the brand? Yeah. I'll show you. No one else can yes, see, thank but you. I'll show you. So, are you drinking over, a, are you drinking a, a PSB bit. right now? There we go. A yeah. PSB, a pumpkin spice Pumpkin spice beer? beer? I am. Uh, are you drinking a PSNAB? PSB. NAPSB. That's forever naps okay anyways <laughs> just okay just Johnny, what are you drinking oh just a couple of vizies i know i'm just i'm kind of deficient in vitamin c right now so <laughs> just changing it up for those, <laughs> for those who don't know yeah. the vizies are the ones with antioxidants and vitamin c yes. made with real cane sugar not that from diet the, soda bullshit acerola a health kick from the areola super fruit the areola nipple? The Acerola. <laughs> the Acerola Superfruit. <laughs> the nipple superfruit. At any rate. Good God. And if you're still, mine. If you're still with us by now, <laughs> thanks for hanging. Human milk. Hardy, what are you drinking? Um, tonight I am on one of my favorites. I found it in a bar one time, and now I have it in a bottle. Is it the it's one the One Tree Hard Cider um, Lemon Lemon basil. fucking basil, lemon bro. Basil. It's so good. Yes. Oh, I love that. Sorry. I had to chime in. That looks delicious. Love that. Mm, it is it is delectable. Gavin, what are you drinking? I'm drinking drunk fruit. <laughs> drunk fruit? Yeah. I mean, I found it at Total Wine and more. 
Yes. <laughs> I got a whole it? box full of different kinds of ciders. It's a yuzu. I have no idea what that is. It's Yoo-hoo? like <laughs> oh, okay. By U Z U. Apparently, it's like a Japanese. Oh, that's that's a real ass fruit. Citrus kind of thing going on. We're gonna put you in a zoo. Yeah. <laughs> Pay for tickets right now. It tastes Why? interesting. It tastes like citrus and milk at the same time. Sit. Wait. What? Whoa. Gross. <laughs> I don't know about. I that. hate that. It's yeah. So confusing, like but I I don't hate it. <laughs> Poor Gavin was drinking some jalapeno shit before this. I was. Like, I didn't Why realize is it that. spicy? It was and then he, spicy and then he, until he, after it was almost gone again. And then he opens this one. He's like, to be mojito? He was it like, why does it taste like milk? <laughs> and then I read the top, like the very top of the can, and it says mint, lime, jalapeno. Jalapeno. That's not a mojito. Who's making this I mojito? It's a spicy <laughs> mojito. Yeah, I think it, it's one tree. It is, it's also yeah. made it's by, one tree. It, it is also made by one tree. Hard cider, mojito hard cider, 6.8 ABV, one now pint. Now more jalapenos. Lime, mint, jalapeno. I don't know how I missed <laughs> that. Jalapeno. We're too far from Mexico to be hitting the, hitting the jalapenos and the ciders. I don't know That's crazy. <laughs> Okay, it ten, does, Susie, it's got that sort what of are you Yeah, ten minutes later, I am sipping on Riverside <laughs> Drinkworks Moscow Mule Natural Parts Crafty Process. It says, in quote, dang, that's nice. A perfect mule with a light, bright punch of natural lime and ginger and a touch of huckleberry sweetness. I'm not actually drinking okay. that. I'm drinking PBR. But this one's on the next. Way to rip that one right out of my book. <laughs> I'm drinking. I would have read more if I had more in my can, but it literally says junk fruit. The details were a little (laughs) slim tonight. That's next on the roster. I should have picked that one. I'm drinking back. I'm drinking PBR. The nightcap ever. Susie's back on her bullshit. I'm also fucking my cousin, and I live in Alabama. Hey, (laughs) way. Yeah. Fucking a. Lots changed. I'm not related to her. (laughs) Oh, this jalapeno is not too bad, though. You guys are. I know, but if you're not I'll expecting it, it if you're not off. expecting the jalapeno, you're like, what the fuck is wrong with this? Holy monkeys. I think we're coming in a little too hot. turn this guys. episode off like five minutes <laughs> Yesterday. ago. We may have had technical difficulties starting in the beginning, getting all of this back together. So we all got a little too and drunk. So, yeah. Besides Brittany. Totally. I'm just. I'm she's fine. she's I'm, the mom. She's like, shut it down. Hammered. Shut it down. Anyways, we're on to the hazing crimes. And for you guys that don't know what hazing is, guess what? Brittany's gonna tell you. Let it rip, Brit. It's about it. Okay. So, hazing refers to any activity that's expected of someone in joining or participating in a group that humiliates, degrades, degrades, no, degrades, abuses, or endangers them regardless of a person's willingness to participate. Like a corporate job. Oh. (laughs) Holy monkeys. While hazing is most commonly seen and thought of as an act that occurs within, like, fraternities and sometimes sororities, it's seen in all kinds of different types of social groups, like gangs, sports teams, military units, and prisons. Um, Hazing goes back as far as 387 BC. Wow. Damn. When Plato's Academy was founded, which was... um, it's like like, a, like the Plato, the yeah. Plato from B-Plato. Athens, the yes. yes. Plato, Digging and he down. described hazing as practical jokes played by unruly young men that injured the hazed and citizens who got in the way. Uh, hazing can usually be sorted into one of three categories: there's subtle hazing, harassment hazing, and violent. So subtle are behaviors that emphasize a power imbalance between new members or rookies and the other members of the group. Um, These are often seen as like being harmless and meaningless and like not a big deal can include deception, name calling, um, depriving members of certain privileges that the rest of them have, etc. Then harassment hazing are behaviors that cause emotional anguish or physical discomfort in order to feel like part of the group. So these can include like verbal abuse, um, asking new members to wear like embarrassing attire, sleep deprivation, or being expected to harass or do things to other people. And then there's the violent hazing, which obviously is probably what we're more focusing on tonight. Um, and so these behaviors 
are ones that have the potential to cause physical, emotional, and or psychological harm. Some examples are forced forced or coerced alcohol or drug consumption, forced ingestion of vile substances, which I don't like that sentence, um, bondage or water intoxication. Mm -hmm. So obviously... You can literally drink yourself to death on water. Yeah. And so dehydration, toxic shock. People like waterboarding each other. No, No. they force you to drink so much water. You can drink so much water that you could die. You can die. More so. See, this is why I didn't go to college. (laughs) No, okay. On that topic, really quick, because, you know, this, I remember there was one time, like back in, I don't know, it was the late 90s or early 2000s, there was a radio show that was doing a contest that it was like, you had, oh, it was, um, Hold your pee for a wee. <gasps> no. And oh so they no. had for a week? Pe- oh, no. For a wee. For a wee. Oh. So they had people go to the radio station and they just kept drinking water and whoever could hold their pee the longest won the wee. <gasps> so this mom went to go try to win it for her kids and she fucking died. Oh, shit. From water intoxication. Oh, that's a thing. Ouch. Isn't that in- like. That's really Wii. a thing. Ex- That's a Wii sport. Especially if you're cold. Oh, that if was you're Nintendo. <laughs> Nintendo. And okay, that's guys. why Johnny's here, everybody. Nintendo. <laughs> Little do you guys know, it. Johnny's chugging water as we speak, and he's our lab rat. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm never going to pee. We have an Earl Meyer flask prepared on the side just in case. <laughs> Speaking of how much it takes, we still haven't found out about the benefit. Oh, oh yeah, the FBI man, get on that shit. <laughs> what are you? How much? What are you? So sometimes the hazing can lead to unintentional death because people are idiots. Um, there's been at least one university hazing death each year since 1969, with over a hundred hazing nice. deaths happening in American oh. colleges since 2000, and that's just the reported deaths that um, are. You know, admitted to being caused by hazing. Oh yeah, we're but gonna get into that. We're gonna get into that. Yeah, it's estimated that ninety-five percent of hazing doesn't get reported to any authorities. So it's like, oh, I can imagine. Uh-huh. Alcohol poisoning is the number one cause of hazing deaths, making up about eighty-two percent of them. Some other causes have been heat stroke, drowning, alcohol poisoning, head injury, asphyxia, and other weird shit. So as of 2019, there are 44 states that pass laws prohibiting hazing, but only 10 of those have laws that actually make it a felony when it results in death. So the rest of the ones, rest of those states only allow it to be punishable as a misdemeanor. Oh, you, mm. mm-hmm. And Alaska, Hawaii, New Mexico, Wyoming, South Dakota, and Montana have zero laws prohibiting or even defining what hazing is like to be used. Yeah, they're like, hell yeah, brother. In law. Yeah, those are shocking. Wow. Yeah, so there's all my words about hazing. Can I just interrupt real quick and just ask a question? So So is this hazing, is this usually, does this usually apply to like like a 17 to like 24 age group or? Not always. I mean... Like college, you know, like fraternities and stuff. It definitely makes up a large percentage of these, but it happens wherever there are idiots. We're also going to get into occupational (laughs) hazing. Yeah. And then like, so like she mentioned the military earlier, that can happen. Yeah. Any age group. So, yeah. But Gabby's got a good one for us. That's not fraternity or sorority based. It's actually occupational hazing, which is oh. a new one. I picked this subject out randomly. I'm going to tell you a story that is almost too unbelievable. Now, this story involves several individuals, but two of these men I'm going to tell you about are the main characters of this story. First, I'm going to tell you about Sean Davis, the man amongst boys. Sean Edward Davis was born January 1st, 1980 in Jordanton, Texas, to his parents, Vicky and Jimmy Davis. Sean had several siblings growing up. He was your run-of-the-mill 23-year-old, an ordinary young guy recently engaged to his girlfriend, Sheila Little, living in Denton, Texas. Sean had lived a relatively normal life. He was only 23 at the time, so it was very difficult to find any information about this, literally anything. (laughs) 
about him, period. Damn. The most interesting thing that I could find about him was I actually found a PDF version of his high school yearbook from 1999. Really? Yep. He graduated from Big Lake High School. Do you have it somewhere where we can see it? Nope, but we can put it on the blog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stay cool. <laughs> Hags. Hags. <laughs> have a great summer. <laughs> I don't think he had a good summer. Wait, is that what that acronym was for? <laughs> oh, my God. Are you shitting oh me? Boy. What did you think Revelations it was? I thought someone was just being mean. They're like witches. You, you look like a fucking, fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, nobody fucking told me that. Oh, Hardy. So the most of the information that I found on him was actually from his obituary, which was also still lacking on details. However, Sean lived in Sweetwater and Odessa, Texas before he moved to Denton. He was a good old Baptist boy and graduated from Big Lake High School in 1999. After high school, he became what his obit proclaimed as a roughneck working for Republic Energy Drilling. Is that different than a redneck? Yeah, it means you have a job. He's drilling. Oh. He's making money. Yeah. yeah. No, Johnny would know. That's good. <laughs> so because of the lack of information, I'm just going to tell most of the story from the court's account of what happened that day, right after I tell you about the other guy, who you're not going to like. Mm. Bring him on. So this is the boy amongst men. Louis Earl Goodman, born April 18th, 1966, to Beatrice Pearl and Jim Alexander Goodman, was 38 years of age when this all went down. But was he a good man? Uh, I will let you make your own decision here. Speculation. <laughs> Again, the interwebs did not offer up much information on Lewis either. So we'll just get right into the incident. I'm going to read you pretty much almost verbatim the court document from Goodman versus the state of Texas, case number 2-04-413-CR. In case anybody else wants to look it up, I'm, I'm citing my source here. I don't know if they can like come after me. Prepare for a lot of numbers. <laughs> but it's, I'm, I'm going to put in some of my own hot takes. So bear with me. There are a lot of unfamiliar terms in this case, and a lot, and I apologize ahead of time. But I will explain them to you so you, you don't get too confused when I mention the word mouse hole. <laughs> I'm already confused. <laughs> already confused. <laughs> I've seen Tom and Jerry, buddy. I'm familiar with the mouse hole. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, little baseboard hole in the wall, right? In the shape of a door. No. Oh, you said. Oh, I thought you said mouth hole. No, mouse, <laughs> mouse, like speaky little mouth, mouth. Oh, sneaky little mouse, mouth. <laughs> Why did I just do that? Why Content warning: This is not a BDSM <laughs> co- podcast. <laughs> Holy shit! Okay. Goodman was. Oh god damn it! I already fucked this up. <laughs> Batman. Batman. Was. Batman. Batman. I'm the Batman. Batman. I'm the Batman. I'm the Batman. Totally editing. Right. Thank you, Admiral Nelson. <laughs> All right. We now interrupt this program. November 25th, 2003, on a gas drilling rig in Denton County, Texas, Goodman, Sean Davis, Ted Garland, and Henry Quinton Clay were working the evening shift. Goodman was the crewman responsible for the other workers on shift that evening because Lonnie Laverne, the tool pusher, was not on site that day. The what pusher? The tool pusher. Is that wow, like a drug that pusher? Was my nickname in like... college. Ooh. I love tool. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are not making this easy. <laughs> Around 8 p.m., Clay went up into the doghouse, which is an upstairs building where drillers can change clothes and take care of paperwork and what have you. Up and in the doghouse sat Goodman, Garland, and Sean chatting. At some point, the conversation turned into initiating Sean. Since he was new on the crew, the guys had brought up several forms of initiation, including hoisting Sean up with either the cat line or the boom line. A cat line is a rope a cable and a chain with a hook on it, usually used to hoist pipes and other equipment up into the mouse hole. The, the cat line in the doghouse? Not for the mouse OSHA hole. Approved. So many different <laughs> terms here that I had to Google. OSHA violation. There was a lot of Eskumi Google going on last night. One end of the rope is wrapped around the cat head for traction, and the other end of the rope is attached to the cable that runs through a shiv on the derrick. The I'm sorry, what is their job? They're it's, oil it's, drillers. Uh, gas, gas rig drilling. So, yeah, okay. I, I've seen enough. Or gas. Yeah. Right, I don't know. I they're drilling for that, something. So just wondering what they're doing. <laughs> no, with no, no, I work with a couple of these guys. So they go around, they travel around, and they, they, they set up like 
portable drill systems that go down several hundred feet and they just try to like roll around and tap for oil to try to find where it's plentiful enough to actually set up more permanent oh, stations, you know? I know what you're talking about. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's so like- it's usually like two guys. They just roll around in a company truck with like with a trailer with all the all the rigging equipment. Yeah, I got you. So they're like the safety first, then teamwork. But it sounds like these guys had like a central hub, though. So they were doing all this in, in like the main area. By the sounds of it, it sounds like a pretty like established. So it's already like they found the gas or the whatever they were looking for, and now they're beginning their first operations. These are the safety bros. Like we're gonna not probably guys blow up operations. Like uh, Sean was just the new guy. Oh, uh, right. So, okay. yeah, we're getting into the initiation. Right, right. Okay. All right. So, okay. the cable is then attached to the chain, which is then wrapped around whatever needs to be lifted. After Clay had gone back downstairs, Goodman suggested to Sean that they put a derrick belt on him. A derrick belt is a harness or belt that the crew put on them to help climb the derrick, and a derrick is the framework over an oil well that holds drilling machinery. On the front of a derrick belt are two D-rings, where a chain or rope are attached. Sean told Goodman that he did not want to put the belt harness on, and that if they wanted him to wear it, they would have to put it on the him themselves. Kinky. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what happened. Clay and Goodman wrestled Sean to the ground and successfully put the belt on him. Also kinky. Is this, is this standard, like... People died, Susie! Is this ah, standard safety procedure, though? Like... If they're going to be climbing up around up on the derrick, then yes. <laughs> okay, so That's it sounds pretty for. like normal and per the board. Sort yeah, but of they already behavior. told the kid that they wanted to suspend him up. Oh. On the cat line. Yeah. Oh, and that's when he was like, no, you have to put the belts on me yourselves because I'm not doing it. Exactly. Yeah, because gotcha, it sounds gotcha. like you're going to do something. So not, not kinky. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> and so this is where shit goes sideways. Where they could have just stopped and laughed about it, but instead, Goodman grabs the cat line. Clay made his way back up the stairs and noticed that Goodman was walking into the top doghouse with the chain end of the cat line. Clay recalled shaking his head, thinking, this wasn't very smart. It's also noted that Clay mentions that the Kelly, the device located on the rig floor that is used for drilling into the ground, rotates at 70 rounds per minute, and it definitely was. (gasps) That's fast. Oh, no. Clay then saw the end of the cat line going up the backside of the derrick, indicating that it had slack in the line, and the weight of the chain on the cable was pulling it up, or that it may have got caught in something. Clay then saw that the chain part of the cat line was tight and being pulled in reverse out the top of the doghouse, to which he was correct. It was now caught on the Kelly. Up in the doghouse, Goodman hooked the cat line onto the belt Davis was wearing and said, I got you. Oh, did he? With the cat line still in his grip... Goodman attempted to release it from Sean's belt, but it was too late. The cat line began pulling Sean out the door of the top doghouse. This is some Final Destination shit right here. Clay watched Sean as he was dragged face first out of the building. (gasps) Sean then hit the bottom half of the doghouse door, taking it off its hinges. Oh my god. Good god. From there, Sean was dragged to the Kelly bushing where he was spun around 10 to 20 times as his body hit several different pieces of drilling equipment. The Kelly is the thing that spins 70... RPM, right? Yes. Oh, my God. The extent of his injuries were horrific. Sean suffered a blunt force injury of the head, causing a very large depressed skull fracture with significant internal head injuries, as well as trauma to the rest of his body. Oh, my God. Imagine. After much yelling to shut the Kelly down, Goodman made it to the controls and stopped the drill. Clay, Goodman, and Garland went to check on Sean, but it was too late. The amount of trauma Sean had received was too much. They attempted to call 911 at the rig, but the company phone would not work. Clay ended up going to his truck to call 911 on his cell phone and drove to a nearby convenience store to meet the ambulance. While Clay was gone, Goodman removed the harness and hung it back up in the top doghouse. When paramedics arrived on scene, Sean had no pulse. He was gone. Glad he had time to hang the fucking thing back on. Yeah, try to hide your fucking mistake. <laughs> fucking. Oh. Well, see, that's why that's why that makes me think that they were at a remote location because mm-hmm. they were talking about like oh going to the truck and company phone, but they were in like they were like somewhere in like a remote location where they could they they didn't have any support. Totally. Yeah. While waiting for the police to arrive, Goodman had already began rewriting the story of what happened. 
He wanted Clay to tell the police that the cat line had come loose from a pipe and Sean had accidentally got too close to the cat line, causing it to wrap around him. Oh, and it magically hooked him, hooked itself to him. Yeah, because there's going to be no bruise lines for where the thing wrapped around it on it. Head first. I don't know how these harnesses hook up, but this sounds like bullshit to me. Troy Mac Hohenberger was the fire chief on scene that evening. He was told the same story several times by Goodman. When Goodman spoke with the deputy, David Bronner, that night, he also received a very similar story. Clay even gave a written statement stating that he watched Sean's leg getting wrapped up in the Kelly. He later testified that he didn't put everything in the statement because Garland was standing right behind him when he wrote it. So, but tell the truth. It's passing blame right there. He didn't stick to this story for very long. The next morning, Clay contacted the investigator, Don Britt, of the Denton County Sheriff's Office, to which the incident was no longer seen as an accident. Investigators were able to get the rig owner's permission to go back out to the rig and look around. They collected several belts hanging on a hook inside the top doghouse. They also located the door to the doghouse, which was now in two pieces and placed behind a shed. Mm -hmm. On the door, investigators noticed that the hinges had been bent and there was evidence of blood. Later, after forensics took samples, the blood on one of the belts and the door were an exact match to Sean. So they took the belts off and hung it back up? Yeah. And they Is took the door saying? and hid it behind the shed so that there wouldn't be any evidence. So they were trying to like hide They're the trying to hide in like plain sight. In plain Goodman. Sight. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. This one guy tried to hide all the evidence? Yep. Was um, he the one responsible for all of it? Or it was like an, I thought it was like a group effort. Can, um, can we just get there? Okay, sorry. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> While investigators were still poking around the drilling rig, Goodman showed up for a shift, to which he was asked to come with them to the sheriff's office to answer some questions, and he did. He sang the same song he sang the prior night. However, they knew he wasn't telling the truth, because one of them had already told the true story of what had actually happened. Damn. Goodman's account goes something like this, which is... Quote-unquote... All four of us was in the doghouse talking about Thanksgiving. Me, Quentin, Ted, and Sean. Quentin left down onto the ground to do some work. The three of us was sitting in there drinking Coke and coffee talking. You want to do that again? Nope, because I'm, I'm literally reading it as what he wrote. Or okay. what he, this, is his, this is what he said. Okay. So the was is where there shouldn't be was is our <laughs> okay. him. Ted said something about initiating Sean. He was the new hand on crew. It is something that normally happens with the new guy. I said we were too far away from the pits. Normally we would throw someone in the pit for initiation. We said we would put the Derek belt on Sean. Me and Ted put it on him. We wrestled around getting it on him. We sat around for about 15-20 minutes afterwards smoking cigarettes. <laughs> Which makes no sense. Mm, okay, great. I said I would hook a chain on him. Then Ted said, no, grab the cat line. The cat line is the cable that picks up pipes and puts it in the mouse hole. It was outside. I brung it through the door. I hooked Sean on the Derrick belt. As I reached down to take it off, it was too late. The cat line got wrapped around the Kelly. It's a bushing that's always turning. It drug both of us out the door. Damn. Sean was pulling through the door. I ran over and started kicking everything out of gear. It stopped. I rolled him over and tried to get all the cable off to see if I could help him. I tried to dial 911, but it wouldn't work. And Quentin ran down and got his phone and dialed 911. Now, his story isn't far from the truth. However, he was the catalyst for the entire hazing. In August of 2004, Goodman was convicted of manslaughter in the death of Sean Edward Davis. He was sentenced to 18 years, a maximum of 20 in the state of Texas. I'm not entirely sure how long Goodman spent behind bars. However, I do know that he did not spend the entirety of his 18 years locked up because here's the kicker. What? Karma is a special kind of bitch. And at the age of 52, Lewis Earl Goodman was found dead at a gas well at 10.30 a.m. November 21st, 2018. Investigators surmised that Goodman had been struck by a cable that had broke and he had succumbed to his injuries. Oh, shit. That's real karma. <laughs> wow. Bitch. And that's my case. It's not long, but when I f was doing the research, like Trish trying to find some stuff on these two guys and all the stuff that happened, and I came across that second news article where I'm like, this cannot be the same guy. And sure enough, it's Denton, Texas, that they, his birth date matches, everything matches. And I was like, no really? way. Wow. So karma got him. Karma's a bitch. She sure Damn. is. That's fucking crazy. So, 
originally he should have been out. It, you said 18 years, right? Mm-hmm. 2022 this year is when he would have gotten out had that whole like conviction been, uh, sorry, had his whole sentence been executed. Carried. Yeah. yeah, carried. Had he carried his entire sentence. Wait, so that happened? He died while he was in jail? Like no. doing that same kind he of thing? He got shit? out of jail. He, at got some out, point he must in time have gotten out and early. started oh, okay. working back in the oil fields. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And then. And then it he all fucking came got back around. You play stupid games. You win stupid prizes. And you took out a poor 23-year-old boy. That's sad. <sighs> yeah, I hate that. So yeah, it's already being a downer. That's a real fucking this? downer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's an extremely hazardous job. Mm. I want to take note of that. Yeah, it's hazardous before guys, you even start Those hazing. guys are going out there. like like <clears throat> It's usually a two or three man crew, and they're going out in the middle of nowhere. And they're just they're just plugging away, and if there's some foul play involved, then some shit's gonna happen. If there's like there's any sort of foul play, you know, no those those guys are going out to remote locations. If there's any sort of animosity between the crew, then foul play is very easy to come by, and you know something yeah, that could be like a joke, like oh yeah, we're just you know we're just getting I, getting together, and you know uh you know. I have to say I know exactly how that goes because I grew up on a ranch right? 70 miles from the hospital and I definitely threw a pitchfork at my father. It's all fun and games. Well, this shit, like, they, it's already such a dangerous job as it is. And yeah, then to be like, oh, we're going to haze him. Ha ha, put the belts on, hook it up. But you didn't have to follow through with like the pulling yeah. of the chain. You know what I mean? Like put like, chili powder in his coffee or something. Yeah, ha, ha. yeah. Like attach a line with a cable to him and hoist him up on an oil rig. And that's then, a fucking and then, death sentence. And then drop him into the fucking porta potty. No, that's crazy. you know, like cover him in shit. Don't take his fucking life. Like, yeah, that's real bad. OSHA would not approve. So that's like, that's occupational hazing, which. When I had messaged Gavin, I was like, I want to do hazing. And he was like, I found an occupational one. And I was like, that's crazy. Because what I was thinking of was. Like you know, college yeah, and school. Yeah, fraternities and, like and shit. You know, like dumb shit. shit like that. Right. And then he found that one. And. Well, if you ever get the chance to check out the Wikipedia page of hazing deaths, it's a uh, daunting there's a lot, There's a, lot. Oh, a, lot. a lot, a lot, a lot going on. It was there. like scrolling like, yeah. Jesus. And yeah. I didn't have to scroll yep. all that far to find that one. Right. When I saw occupation, I was like, oh, that could be interesting and different. And then I was like, damn, that poor kid. Yeah, only 23. God, that sucks. Just just trying to work a fucking job. Yep. I want to say they were, were they working in Texas? Texas, Denton, Texas. Okay, yeah, yeah. Denton, Texas. Yeah. Texas is fucking huge. It's like half the United States. I mean, a bit of an exaggeration, but yes. It is huge. It's a huge state. It is, it is a big state. It's pretty big. That kid got pretty. That kid got pretty big. Sorry. Yeah. Like you got a pretty mouth. You got a pretty mouth. <laughs> fucking you got a pretty mouth. Okay, so I had Texas Gavin in our major hiatus, and I told him I want to do hazing crimes because they're, you know, very bizarre. And, like, you don't hear a lot of podcasts, like, talk about them or whatever. And he picked that occupational one and... That was crazy. And then I went to go pick my case and I decided I can't just pick one because there's so many and it was so hard to pick a case that I could actually like really talk about for a long time. So I have a few of them for you guys, just like the Florida man on our pillow talk. If you guys have listened to that, but just started out. Here we go. I'm starting with Stuart Pearson. So, in 1905, hazing was completely legal at the time. And Stuart was tied down by the members of Delta Kappa Epsilon at Kenyon College. Where was he tied down, you might ask? On railroad. Am I fucking Mike Tyson or what? Well, and I'm going to ask a question. (laughs) Where the fuck is this college? Is it in Kenyon? I don't fucking know. I didn't write that down. Scooby Google. <clears throat> What's happening? No, we don't need to do that because it's just a fucking. Okay. No, we need to know. Yeah, Ohio. Thank oh, you. Oh, no. Oh. Ohio. Oh. Ohio is for lovers. Okay. And so. people who want to get off this. Nobody's planet. gonna know. No one's gonna know. <laughs> All right. How are they gonna know? No one's gonna know. 
Good God. So in 1905, hazing was completely illegal at the time in Ohio. Ohio. And Stewart was tied down by the members of Delta Kappa Epsilon, a Kenyan college in Ohio. Again, it's in Ohio. Nobody likes Ohio. That's where the most astronauts are from. They try to leave this place. <laughs> so I think it's like Kenyan. I don't care. Like Americanized. Kenyan. Anyways. I can't read my fucking case if you guys are going to do this to me. All right. Where was he tied down? On railroad Ohio. tracks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lover, not a fighter. You guys. <laughs> you guys. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm backing no, out please, now. No, please, please. I fucks. want to hear it. Please. You fucks. Finish the story. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, don't finish it. Start it over. Oh, God. So sorry. All right. So I'm starting with Stuart Pearson. So in 1905, this is when hazing was completely legal at the time. I had to put that in. And Stuart was tied down by members of the Delta Kappa Epsilon at Kenyon College in Ohio. But where was he tied down, you might ask? On fucking railroad tracks. Now, this should have been all fine and well because the brothers of Delta Kappa knew the train schedule. Although, to Pearson's dismay, an unscheduled train came barreling down the tracks. Oh, God. You can guess what happened next. (sighs) After the incident, the frat brothers claimed that Stuart Pearson had, quote-unquote, fallen asleep on the tracks, claiming it was just a gross, self-inflicted, shrunken incident. You know, I've been drunk. I ain't ever fallen asleep on no train tracks. What was like? What was their end game with that? Hold one? on, like, just the coroner. However, found reason to believe otherwise. Stewart's wrists and ankles, Lickage. what was left of them, anyways, were found to be bruised badly and completely dislocated, as he was actually binded to the tracks and fought viciously to get free when he realized a train was coming. The train engineer didn't see anything on the tracks, and it wasn't until he reached his destination that blood w- was seen splattered all over the train. I personally Gross. cannot imagine his final thoughts as he was fighting to get free for his life. He literally dislocated all of his tied-down hands and footies to get free. Mine would be like, oh my god, fuck, 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 fuck. Well, exactly. And they said that, oh, he just fell asleep. We just told him he needed to take a little nappy nap on the train tracks because they had the train schedule. Hey, Gavin, you want to go take a track nap? Mm, No. (laughs) Is that what the kids are calling it these days? A little track nap. All right. So up next, we have (laughs) James Lenigan. James was seeking to join the fraternity Zeta Chi's of the American International College when he was made to go under the initiation that they had named the spaghetti ritual. What? <laughs> what? I'm asking. I'm asking. What is the spaghetti ritual? Where's the sauce? I can't eat spaghetti Somebody. anymore. You might ask. Where's the sauce? What is the spaghetti ritual, you might ask? This initiation involved the pledge to consume bowl after bowl of spaghetti and also chug red wine. You were not done doing this initiation until you threw up enough to fill a garbage can full Ew. of vomit. Oh, you're no. fucking kidding me. That's impossible. Right. And Where did if, they come and then up you with had this to shit? Eat and if, exactly. And if they were to vomit, they were forced to continue to eat and drink until it pleased the rest of the brotherhood. <sighs> Lenigan was struggling immensely with this ritual and eventually begged with all of his might to stop. But the brothers did not oblige because his garbage can wasn't full yet, apparently. I don't know. It's James, not worth it, kids. It's not worth it. James eventually lost complete control of his bowels while sitting at a table. At this point, the Zetas decided it was enough and drug him to a bathtub to lay in his own filth and, quote unquote, sleep it off. Oh, no. James Lennigan never awoke from his sleep. When coroners examined his body, they found that he had a BAC of 0.48. For those normies out there, that's blood alcohol content. <clears throat> Which Holy is a lethal shit. level of alcohol consumption. His cause of death was alcohol overdose. When when did this take place? So not death by spaghetti. I you don't know? <laughs> death by spaghetti. Sorry. That's six times the legal limit, folks. Yeah, mm. that's too much. 
Fuck. So oh, up damn. next, we have Robert Perry. Robert Perry joined the fraternity Phi Beta Pi and, of course, went under a gruesome hazing in order to do so. For this initiation ritual, he was asked to get completely naked and then was completely covered with flammable liquid. He was then laid onto a table and forced to receive shocks to his skin by the Brotherhood. <clears throat> this was their normal initiation. They've done it a million times. Although this time, one of the shocks caused a spark and eventually lit Robert Perry on fire. He then sustained so many burns that he eventually succumbed to his injuries and died. So what exactly did they think was going to happen? Yeah, I was going to say, they do the, like... So they've done this a million times. It was just like, ha-ha, gasoline, ha-ha, bop-bop, blah-blah-blah. But there had never been, like, an actual spark. It's like smoking a cigarette at a gas station, you know, like... But, I mean, adding frowned upon to them, like, that was their, like... That was what their end goal was eventually, was for someone to, like... Well, it was supposed to be, like, a scare tactic. Like, you're covered in, you know, flammable liquid, and then we're going to shock you. Did they say what they were shocking him with? No. They didn't. It was really hard. I mean, we've all seen Zoolander. We know how this (laughs) plays out. But if you're going to shock somebody with electricity, there has to be a spark, and that ignites the flammable liquid. So it's only a matter of well, time. Well, yeah, but I think that that was their like scare tactic, like because they've done this at, like a million times as their normal initiation. So I'm they noticing were, a pattern here. They were sitting there thinking like, "Oh, mm. we're gonna get them scared, and then we're gonna shock yeah. them, and then whatever Bones. else." But Bodies. then a little uh, no, that's, that's not safe fun. Penis havers. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't. Oh, yeah, mostly men. But we're not done there. Did you find any girl ones? No, all the girl ones were. It's Girls they, are a lot nicer it's than they men. Lived. You don't even go here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for waiting. I thought that was heard. She doesn't even go here. <laughs> Either way, all the ones I could find were all fraternities and makes sense because some, some of these tactics are destined for death, though. Like, oh, totally. 100%. If, it's not if, it's when. Right. Yeah. So the next one we have is George Destune. In 2011, George was 19 at the time of his hazing where he was kidnapped by his frat brothers and he was restrained with the use of zip ties and duct tape. After being binded, he was asked random questions about the fraternity. What happened when he got an answer wrong, you might ask? He was force-fed with pixie sticks, straight vodka, hot sauce, chocolate powder, and dish soap. So, asphyxiation? What? Why, the the dish soap? Wait, I'm sorry, one more time. I was distracted by my cat's Meow. So he was binded and then he was force fed with pixie sticks, straight vodka, hot sauce, chocolate powder, and dish soap. Destune vomited so profusely during this incident. I mean, who wouldn't? Dish soap? I mean, everything else I'm like, that sounds like a stone tonight to me. I mean, smoke some weed, you might use some pixie sticks and vodka and hot sauce, whatever. But dish soap, whatever. It eventually led to his death. His body was found the next morning. His cause of death was severe dehydration due to vomiting. His body could not take it anymore, and he vomited himself literally to death. Oh, God. It's crazy that these college kids have found, like, the most obscure ways to kill people. They're like, what do we have in the fucking cabinet right now? For fun. We can't afford anything. Let's go find what we have in the cabinet and let's make this a horrible, horrible, nasty tradition. Like, our bodies are so capable of, like, enduring so much. And I just want to say, I looked up all, like, the aftermath of all of the prior ones that I just said, and, like, nobody was really charged for it. It was all just, like, misdemeanor shit, like Brittany said. They were all just, like, misdemeanor, blah, blah, blah. Oh, this college, blah, blah. Whatever, like nobody really gets charged for the shit. Well, it's probably really hard to try that many exactly. people. Exactly. So my last one is Benjamin Klein. In 2002, Klein underwent a hazing ritual, even though his fellow fratmates disagreed. He was tied up and beaten to shit. As if that wasn't enough, he was then forcibly held underwater in a bathtub full of water. What happened next is unknown. Although, three days later, his dead body was found in a creek close to the frat house nobody was charged with his murder and it was ruled a suicide 
Perfect. Oh. And and then even though it was ruled a suicide, Alfred University has since disbanded and closed all fraternities and sororities. Coincidence? Uh, no. I think not. So they don't have that anymore. Apparently, Alfred they just shut University, all the houses down. Yeah, shut it all down. Just no none. more fraternities. No more sororities. It's just transient housing. Yeah, apparently. And they were like, nope, not a big deal. It was just a suicide. He apparently held himself under bath water and killed himself and then dropped himself into the creek because they were like, if he drowned, we just put him in the creek. This is just speculation, but they probably sold all those houses so they could pay for all the um, legal fees to uh, catch it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. When I looked up all these other things, too, it was just literally like, they were like, oh, they charged this guy with 16 weeks. Oh, 12 weeks. Oh, misdemeanor. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And it was too much for me that I didn't want to put it in there because I was just trying to, like, touch on the hazing murder itself and not so much, like, the outcome. All right. Well, I didn't have anything prepared just now. Um, I went in hot and confident, though. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, we are... Really happy to be back after all those false starts, uh, but promise we weren't bullshitting you guys. Life has just been crazy, and we did our best. <laughs> we tried really, really hard. It's been a long fucking year, man. We're all we're here, a rusty we did dildo it. right now. Yes. Next, yeah. <laughs> good. Look at us. We nope. do. We gotta try. We're, good. we're here, stuff. though, guys. We're here. We're all here. We're, we're here. Back. <laughs> we just. We do. Oh, it's like one eighteen a.m. What are you old? I yeah. I go to bed. It's like been eighteen years. Early for us. Are you kidding? I go to bed so early these Gavin, days. Gavin, we live far life. Come on. Yeah, that's true. All right, guys, I'm new, but I'm cool. So, uh, <laughs> the old nightcap family, we've been ridden hard and put away wet, but we're back. <laughs> Thank, you for that, we're back. Thank you for that. Thank you, Clint Eastwood. Love that. Thank yeah. you guys for, for not losing faith in us completely. I promise. We planned on coming back all those times, and then life just sort of. <laughs> Yeah, we were Fucked smushing out babies and dealing with everything else in our goddamn lives. And I was but being a dumb DJ. A dumb <laughs> I but could just do a whole other podcast about what happened to me in the last 18 months. So maybe stay tuned for a spinoff series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're so sorry. But we love you guys as much as you love us. You don't know us, but you're about to. We're back with a vengeance. I promise. Woo. Season two, bitches. We're coming. And there's nothing you guys have to worry about besides listening to our drunken bullshit besides Brittany because she's sober and we're proud of her. Yeah, she <laughs> was saying there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. Did you hear that, Janice? Did you hear that? Oh, yeah, Janice. Sorry. One star review. Go on yourself. Speaking of reviews. If you like what you hear, oh please rate and review us on Apple Podcast. It's the easiest way you can help us top the charts and show your love for our show. <laughs> also, if you have a case that you're just dying to hear us tell, or a topic, and have any feedback whatsoever, no matter how sweet or harsh, check out our website at nightcaptruecrime.com and click on the Annoy Us button. And just a shout out to our freaking fellow reviewers here. We got Best true crimes podcast around. Gavin and Susie tell the best views and put the best story out there for the best knowledge. Thank you, AMAC2383. The other one. Including me in that. (laughs) 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 Fuck you, Personally. The other one. I do a good job, too. (laughs) The other one was love the story or love the humor and storytelling from EA54, May 7th. The other one was, I just started listening a few days ago, and I'm already done with all 16 episodes. They all have a great sense of humor and make the show fun. I'm sad they haven't came out with any more. Dot, dot, dot. I love Here you go. Them. Sorry. Another one. This is one of the best podcasts out there. If you love listening to murder, this is for you. 
amazing hosts. They love their or I and love their voices and how well they tell their stories. Sad I binge listened to the whole thing already. So are we. Okay. We're coming back. I'm can sorry. I can I read one that I really enjoy? I got a one I got a one star <laughs> oh, review. Just wait. Uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna do. <laughs> couldn't get through the first episode. I like a drink now and then and I can curse, but not as part of simply greeting people. I would slap my grown children if they spoke this way. Embarrassed that they're from the Northwest. Guess what, motherfucker? You ain't my mama. Nightcap True Crime is back from the freaking Pacific Northwest. Sorry about your luck. I like that their, lose, their loser name. I mean, yeah, but username <laughs> is Brains Matter, but they did a Z instead of an S because they're edgy. <laughs> Love that for you. The same little house on the prairie, bitch. Button. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A disgrace to the families of victims. Ugh. 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 Another right. one. They really get into the stories and have done their research. I enjoy listening to Sipping Along with them on my favorite adult beverage. Great sense of humor. That's right up my alley. Mature content that may not be suitable for young children, which is fine. I don't have children. If children are listening to this podcast, stop. That's your fault. <laughs> Listen to this one when the little ones are asleep. Or on your commute home from work. Also love that they are LGBTQ plus friendly. Keep making great ton content. Can't wait to hear more. Thank you, star F underscore XX. We love you all. We're back with a vengeance. Vengeance. Uh-huh. That Landed one. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. See you mm-hmm. next week. Okay. Bye. 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 Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, it. We're it's done. Good to be back. <laughs> so, uh, what's uh, what's next week? Murder matchup. Let's go. Yeah, there she right. is. There's murder matchup. <laughs> All right. I motherfucking love me some murder matchup.